Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. Good morning, H-Town. Time to go to work. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. We are with you until... 10 a.m. this morning, Payne and Pendergast. Happy New Year. If you weren't with us yesterday, we'll wish it to you again today. Good morning, Seth. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm adjusting to the... It, it still felt like we were like on a weird holiday schedule yesterday. So now I'm... I know that it's Wednesday. Yeah. Right? It felt like it's a Wednesday. Monday yesterday a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is insensitive to all of our listeners who, who actually worked on Monday, like real adults. But, uh, you know, it's the price you pay when you listen to Payne and Pendry. That's right. We're, we're very out of, out of touch with reality, uh, kind of in our own worlds, yep. detached. Yep. Sometimes wonder why you're even listening, but that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> a that's, little, uh, that's your thing. A, that's little, your... <laughs> a little disrespectful, probably. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. You're just, well, I mean, all right, I guess you're going to listen to this crap. Yeah, Go for yeah, it. Yeah. But yeah, hey, that's hey, us. Everybody has their own fetishes. We are glad that we are your fetish. That, that's what we'll yeah. say. Um, so um, a lot going on to get to on the show today. John McClain's going to join us in a couple of hours. The latest. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. <laughs> it's Wednesday yeah. yeah. Um, Demar Hamlin, the latest on Demar Hamlin, uh, the Buffalo safety that left the field on Monday Night Football after a cardiac arrest episode. Um, still in a Cincinnati Medical Center, still in intensive care. The latest report, and we're going to let you hear from one of his relatives here in just a second, um, that I saw last night, Seth, they've flipped him over onto his front in the ICU to take less or to take pressure off of his lungs. I guess he's yeah. breathing 50% on his own now. So that's progress, whereas the ventilator was doing all the work before. Um, yeah, and uh, like I mean, with any of this stuff, it's all obviously life or death, and everything. Everything seems very drastic, as it tends to be when you're in emergency situations like this. Yeah. But as far as flipping people over and like what, like I have no idea whether that's like a standard procedure or uh, anything like that. Yeah. So um, here is Dorian Glenn. This is uh, Demar Hamlin's uncle on the latest update. This is an interview he did with Cameron Wolf of the NFL Network right outside the medical facility. Dorian, Uncle D, can you give us an update on how DeMar's doing at this time? Um, so right now they got him on a ventilator, so they're trying to get him to breathe on his own. Um, so we're just kind of taking it day by day. Um, still in the ICU, um, they have him sedated. So um, just continue to um, administer the medical treatment that they've been doing. All right, so that's, that, that, that's the latest from a relative who's there at the facility. I like Uncle Dorian. I feel like uh, the, I'm always impressed by people who step up in situations like this, where uh, you're you're obviously not a you know you know a trained spokesperson to comment on medical issues of a family member. It's a hard it's a hard spot to be in. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, to, it's always good to have a family where you can have somebody that can go out and um, and sound like Uncle Dorian. Handle the media. The, the The family put out a statement yesterday as well, thanking everybody for their prayers and asking for continued mm-hmm. prayers. Um, so that so that's where we are. I mean, we're we're you know we're big picture. We're at about the same spot we were yesterday. Specific to DeMar Hamlin, the person. As far as the game goes between the Bills and the Bengals, that game, of course, was suspended on Monday night after the after the incident. Um, they are not going to play that game this week, so I don't think that's a big surprise. I mean, the Buffalo Bills are scattered across two states right now. you got some that are back in Buffalo. You have some that, as yeah. of yesterday at least, were still in Cincinnati. I'd imagine some of them have made their way back to Buffalo to prepare for the Patriots game this weekend. Week 18 will go on for the league as planned. Um, the league made that clear, um, but the game itself, the Bills and the Bengals will not be resumed this week. And my guess is, Seth, that the league, I, I don't know what they're hoping for with this football wise. I mean, I, I, we'll preface this. All the football stuff is secondary to DeMar Hamlin. I think you guys know that we feel that way by now. Um, but the, the league may be doing this just to see if it plays out in such a way in week 18 that they don't have to play this game. You know, if the game becomes meaningless, to the standings, right. then they don't have to play it at that point. Right? Yeah. Then it, um, and you can. You, the right teams win. The right teams lose. You know. Yeah. There's not as much of a hurry as as perhaps it, it appeared at the time. And um, you know, this is uh, this is a, a somewhat unique situation to NFL football, uh, where unfortunately, just with youth sports in general, just because of the sheer number of people, um, you know, between youth sports high school and college there there are a lot of situations where there are traumatic injuries or you know death has occurred and I'm, you know to be clear this is not um so far so far hamlin seems to be making progress um but i i know that there's been some conversation about pushing everything in the entire league back a week um and, and i just i don't know if i I, like I don't want to be callous about the whole deal at all. I just I, I know that look in in the history of organized football there have been about a, since 1931 there have been about 2,000 deaths um, either like directly or indirectly because of football injuries mm-hmm. either a, you know either brain injury blow to the chest um, cardiac issues that people didn't realize or anything so it's it's not unprecedented when it comes to organized football in general to have these very traumatic situations. And like, I, I think that there's more of a, um, there's kind of more of a precedent than, than it feels like when it happens in the NFL. So I, I do like, I respect that. I, I respect that there were people who were very emotionally affected by this and thought that the, you know, various things should be canceled or the entire schedule should be pushed back a week. Or I don't, I don't think that's necessary. Just in my opinion, if I were to, if I were to be in a meeting about this right now on a team, like if I was a player and all the players will probably have team meetings about just what they think the proper course of action is. I, um, I like, I don't think that changing everything is in a, is a necessary response. Yeah, now. yeah. It's not, like, it's not like pushing everything back a week somehow makes it an easier situation or a better situation. Well, no, and and there's no look. It it could be you know from everything I've been reading and hearing, you know, there's been no shortage of medical professionals commenting on this situation. I mean, this is going to be a long fight for Demar Hamlin in all likelihood. Yeah. Like this isn't anything like you push the schedule. You could push the schedule back a week, and he could still be sitting in the same situation 
a week from now, and I get it. That gives people at least a week to process the emotional part. I'm with you. Like, I don't want to minimize th- – there's thousands of people processing this thing, and I don't want to minimize the people who are processing it at one end of the, you know, one end of the spectrum versus – versus how I'm processing it. Like, I saw David Cantor tweet yesterday. He's an agent for several different NFL players. And he was asking, he said, honest question, is there a way to push back the NFL schedule entirely for two to three weeks for this? Yeah. And and that was, you know, again, I don't want to sound like Skip Bayless or anything like that, but that just, I mean, that's completely impractical. Like, you're talking about moving the Super Bowl at that point. Like, it's, no, you can't move it back two to three weeks. I'm sorry. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. And it's, um... I, but yeah, I started digging into a lot of this just yesterday, and it's it's depressing whenever you start talking about you know mortality and reduce it to statistics over time. Um, you know, because of the but but when you go to youth sports and high school sports and collegiate sports, just because the sheer number of Players, athletes that yeah. are participating in things, yeah, there's there's thousands of you know deaths that have occurred, um, and it's just I, I part by the time guys get to the NFL, usually any cardiac issues have usually been uh like congenital issues have been ferreted out you get found at the combine or whatever you know um so you don't see as many instances of uh and and guys are kind of i think more the guys who are very physically prepared to handle the blows and everything uh, it it, it creates a it's less common in the nfl but it's just very very much more high profile yep obviously and it i do think you know sometimes because I've seen a lot of people, for various reasons, say, "Well, it, you know, people have never just dry, you know, people have never never uh, died or had heart attacks on the field like this before." Yes, they have. Like every single year, over and over again, and you haven't noticed it because it tends to happen in high school or it happened in college, and you didn't pay attention to it. But this is something that is a, is very much a reality of just playing sports in general, whether it's football or baseball or anything else. And I think it, it kind of maybe lends a little empathy to when you do see these reports about a high school player dying, just how awful it is for yeah. the kids on the field, for oh, the, yeah. the families, like everything, not just, ob- not just for the victim itself, obviously, but um, it is just a, it's an incredibly traumatic thing to, to have to witness and see. We'll, we'll keep you updated on anything that happens with the DeMar Hamlin situation, as we did yesterday here on the station throughout the day circling back to football the Texans they will be picking at worst second in the NFL draft Bryce Young seems to be uh where a majority of the Texans fans have their eyes set right now there is a second quarterback his name is CJ Stroud we'll do a little getting to know CJ Stroud I watched a 30-minute interview with him last night he had some interesting things to say about his Ohio State journey as a as an athlete there and uh and who he's partnered up with I think may pique some Texan fans interest as well so we will uh we will do that next selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage shopify is here to help you grow whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person pos system wherever and whatever you're selling shopify has got you covered shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 15 percent better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and 
sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, so um, I know there's a game still to be played this weekend. We'll, we'll talk about the Texans and the Colts at some point. Um, but I've already, I've, I've kind of, part of me's moved, moved ahead to the draft and I know that the research needs to begin and I've, I've watched plenty of Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, but I want to get to know the young men as well. So, um, the algorithm has already sensed that in my brain because among my recommended videos on YouTube yesterday was a, an interview that CJ Stroud did with uh, a couple of months ago with a guy by the name of Ernest Baker from the, my other passion podcast. So this is probably from back in. October, November is definitely during the regular season because the football questions were regular season questions. But I was more interested in C.J. Stroud, the player or the person, C.J. Stroud, the student, C.J. Stroud, the businessman. Here is C.J. Stroud from that podcast on what he's learned, makes a lot of money in NIL, what he's learned from NIL. I definitely think it's taught me uh... – one, just relationships and um, partnerships, but at the same time, just being a businessman and not just being a, a businessman, but being a business, uh, me personally. So I definitely hold that uh, to me closely just because I, I look up to people like Shaq, people like LeBron, that I definitely want to be like that when I grow up and uh, become their ages and stuff and just having a, a business and multiple business out there. So I'm learning the game slowly. And then, of course, I'm around great, great people that help me, like, uh, my marketing agent, Brian Bernie, and then my agent, uh, David Mulietta, who actually does my marketing as well. What? That's oh, where the that? record scratch. Who's the, uh, what's, what was that last part of, uh, about a, a Mulietta of some who, sort? Who, what now? <laughs> yes, he is a Brian Bernie. That's why there was a, there's a payoff to that. I really didn't care what he thinks of it. I do care what he thinks of NIL. Um, and I do care what his business acumen is, but most of all, I wanted all of you to know that he is partnered up 
with Brian Bernie and David Mulligetta. Right, which um, I, I'll be honest with you, I it's I used to dismiss this uh, offhand, basically, as soon as somebody said, well, all right, are people going to want to deal with this agent or is this agent going to want to send guys to that team? I'm, I'm not going to pretend like it's never a factor, but if teams refused to do business with agents that they disliked or had had issues with in the past, there would be teams out there that only had like 20 guys on the <laughs> roster. Would the so, roster. Yeah. So the Mulligetta situation perhaps is extreme, except that Mulligetta has become one of the true power players in the NFL. So if you refuse to deal with Mulligetta clients, then you're going to be, you're going to have a hard time. You're not going to be as competitive as some other teams will be. If you say like, nope, I'm not going to take any Mulligetta clients. Like, all right, at some point you might be costing yourself a Super Bowl or something. So I think there is that now, but I do think also from a fan perspective, is it fair to worry that if you draft a guy who's got Mulligetta as his client, that this guy might be a perpetual flight risk because at any given time he could really try to force his way off the team. Perhaps, and I guess that's where you just got to – you got to hope that your team, whether it's the Texans or any other team, adjusts to the changing landscape of professional sports where players really wield more leverage and power than, than they have before. And some of that is because of the CBA, but some of it's just because they've – they've realized that they can exercise it more fully. Like yep. They've kind of – the big players wield big sticks and they're starting to use them. And I, and I don't think that's unique to just Mulligata clients. I, I would say this. If you're a Texan fan who likes C.J. Stroud, who is happy that the Texans have clinched the top two pick because, okay, that means they're going to come away with Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud if indeed Nick Casario likes either of those two as the future quarterback of this team. But – you're nervous that you just heard David Mulligetta's name associated with C.J. Stroud. This is what I would tell you is that my guess is that Mulligetta probably holds very little of what made Deshaun Watson dissatisfied with the Texans, probably holds very little of it against Nick Casario, if any of it against Nick Casario. Yeah. And if I had to guess too, I would guess that David Mulligetta probably gives Nick Casario a fairly high grade for how he handled that whole thing vis-a-vis Deshaun. They look. They ended up getting the the most lucrative contract by a long shot, a long shot than any anybody. You know, there have been quarterback contracts given out since the Deshaun Watson contract that don't come anywhere close to matching Deshaun Watson's contract. And and I don't know how long it is before any player gets something quite like Deshaun's contract. So it worked out for them ultimately. I think Casario has been extremely I don't is unemotional the correct word detached emotionally I yes. think I think or at least that's what the outward appearance dispassionate, is dispassionate maybe dispassionate yeah. right which is uh one of our listeners has gotten on me about incorrectly using the word dispassionate oh, okay so, well yeah welcome I don't know to the party pal. um yeah. So, <laughs> again, I don't know why you guys are even listening to us. There's Seth Payne up here di- misusing the word dispassionate. Butchering the dictionary, yeah. Yes. So, like, I, and honestly, that was one of the things I was impressed with about that. Like, because at various points, maybe, I, and maybe there were blow-ups behind the scenes, but Nick had talked to us about the necessity to kind of recognize that you've got a job to do and that, regardless of how you feel about it, there's, you know, there's, these situations have to be managed. And 
I, I think guys like Mulligata and Nick Casario are able to probably set aside their personal feelings about multiple issues to just flat out either A, in Mulligata's case, take care of their client, or B, in Casario's case, do what's best for the team. I think that given everything that we know right now, like looking back on the Deshaun Watson trade, I hate to call it a win-win just given the circumstances of it, but given the circumstances of it, the Texans ended up getting a haul of draft picks above and beyond what I would say the majority of people thought the Texans were going to get for Deshaun, and then Deshaun obviously ends up with a a huge contract. So um, I think that for given what it, what it was that I, I don't think that experience alone should keep us from doing business with Mulligan. Yeah, I think so. I, I agree with that for sure. Um, here's one more from CJ Stroud. Ever, apparently where he has something in common with Deshaun Watson is their agent and marketing people where he evidently, and I don't follow Stroud on social media, but according to the host of this podcast, um, CJ Stroud, not super active on social media. Here's why. During the season, I'm, I just think that I'm really locked in. And I don't have time to pe- see what people are saying or seeing what they're not saying, whatever the case may be. And I definitely think it's a distraction, uh, definitely during the season. So um, I let my people around me handle it and, and do what they need to do. So I'm really, really never on it. Um, but during the off season, I mean, I, I do enjoy it. Um, I like interacting with people. I like inter- interacting with my supporters and stuff like that. So um, it's something that I, I don't uh, think is a total negative thing, but it can be if you're too, if you're on it too much or. Uh, that's your main focus is to impress people on there. And um, I think social media is fake, to be honest with you. I think um, people only post their Ws, they only post their wins. Okay. That's a mature answer. I like that answer on social media. He's, uh, he's got a boomerish skepticism over social media. I'm down with that. I'm here for it. <laughs> yes. Someone from the boomer era, I'm down with that answer. <laughs> I, as I have told you before, and our listeners know, I don't like quarterbacks or head coaches who have a healthy perspective on life. Yes. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a good way uh, to go. <laughs> I think they should have an unhealthy obsession. Uh, and I also do feel like quarterback is a position where they need to be most like a boomer. And uh, kind of just skeptical of nonsense. Yes. And uh, ballyhoo. Any other? <laughs> you need. They need to. They, they need to uh, cast their eyes askance at tomfoolery, all those things. And uh, I feel like C.J. Stroud is that guy. Boy, you just emptied the boomer chamber right there of words. That's Tom, not even boomer. That's like the parents of – that's the greatest generation It is. Right it there. is tomfoolery, ballyhoo. I want – honestly, I want a quarterback who I feel like – I, I don't – I'm not – if I couldn't see him – it might be somebody uh, like who stormed the beaches at Normandy, uh, giving a talk or something. Like uh, they need to be, they need to be throwbacks. And so far, from what I've heard of C.J. Stroud, he's a little bit of a throwback. Um, have you on a separate topic? Do you follow Deshaun on social media, on Twitter or Instagram? I do not. Okay, I do. Um, he is, he is gotten now that he's back in the in the limelight again. He is a hundred times more obnoxious. On social media, he he's like the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, the wrestling character that just the vignettes are all about the champagne and the good life and yachts and things like that. Dude, he is he's so like materialistic and unlikable on social media. Him and oh, his yeah? gr- him and his girlfriend like they're just it was her birthday recently and but they I mean that it didn't need to be a special occasion. They've been like this for a while. Everything is champagne and. Gucci and super oh, nice clothes well, and smooching it, it, well, each other and yeah, it's a good heel it, persona. 
especially because she's a professional Instagrammer. Right. Like, Instagram is the new... Instagram and YouTube are the new... Like, uh, the cottage industry is showing people how to get rich by showing... What is that? Becoming rich by showing people how to get rich yeah. by showing people how to get rich. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're, uh, like she says, so, so the, the ostentatious displays of wealth are big. Right. That's one of the most lucrative, the, the most lucrative little niches on social media when it comes to price, uh, AdWord uh, prices. So, like, how much do people pay per click for various things? It's one is, like, insurance, uh, finance, and showing people how to make money on social media. Yep. So it's very important that you show how much money you're making on social media as people watch you because <laughs> um, that's how you make money on social media, by showing people how to make right, money on Right, right, right. So what yep. you're saying is I just need to start an Instagram account where I do a bunch of rich people things or get really good at football. It One was, of those I remember when I, was like, when I was like 12 years old and I was trying to figure out how to get rich without actually working for it, mm-hmm. I signed up for one of those things. Back in the day, kids, we had magazines, and there would be like, uh, you know – Sign up, buy this book, and I'll teach you how to blah, blah, blah. You buy the book, and you get it, and the book tells you the way you get rich is to sell a 1,000 people this book. Yeah. And, and just give me a small commission, by the way. So it's a, it's a pyramid scheme, uh, but like just enough. It's not a pyramid scheme. It's multi-level. And it's not, uh, you know, it's a, because we're actually helping other people learn how to do these skills. Yeah. And don't get me started on Don LaPree and all those infomercials at 1 in the morning either. Remember those? Which one was Don LaPree? He was the one where you take out tiny classified ads in various newspapers around the country, and you're just going to get rich with tiny classified ads. With tiny classified tiny ads. Classified ads. They don't want you to know. Yeah. So it's key also that they don't want you to know. Yep. As long as you explain it to people, they don't want you to know this thing that I'm about to tell Look you. Look at the life I'm living, and I just did it out yeah. of my one-bedroom apartment with tiny <laughs> classified ads. Uh, go find but it. But you guys want to tune in for what's coming up next because <laughs> no, they don't want you to know what we're about to tell you. That's right. Okay. Um, I will say this. I will ask a question. Have the Texans cashed in? They're chips. Oh, they don't want you to know. They don't want you to know. But we're gonna no. we're gonna hear from them anyways. We will we will have that for you next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Here was Christian Kirksey, Texans linebacker, on the uh, lack of energy with the Texans on Sunday. We didn't come out uh, and, and, and play our game. I mean, for us to, to have our last home game and, and give that type of performance, that's not acceptable. Uh, you know, we didn't have the energy from the start to the finish, and uh, that's not playing good football right there. Uh, we got a lot of things to fix, and uh, I mean, we got one more game. So, you know, we got to try our best to win that game, but uh, today was, was, was unacceptable. All right, so the lack of energy, Kirksey went on to say, yeah, we're playing for pride this weekend. That's what Coach Lovey Smith says. I don't know, did you, 31-3, to 3, I mean, that was a lopsided game on Sunday. Did that look like a team, Seth, to you that may show up similarly in Indianapolis this week? Might not matter. Indianapolis showed up the same way in, <laughs> against the Giants that the Texans did against the Jags. But what is your... Uh, what is your educated football I see as far as the Texans and their chips being cashed in or not? Their, their chips being cashed in emotionally, like whether or not they're actually going to show up and give a, a strong effort. Like they had the three previous weeks. Right, right. Um, they had, uh, to be clear, they did show up and play with emotion and vigor. I, I honestly, I think sometimes even as a player, it, sometimes you're not all that great at actually assessing your own performance. I don't think the difference was as much with the Texans themselves last week. I think it was that their opponent wasn't taking them lightly the way the Chiefs, the Cowboys, even the Titans, who were all banged up. Those three teams took the Texans lightly. The Jaguars came in and looked like they were on a mission. They looked like a team whose coach had said, yeah, I know there's no real reason to play this game, but screw it. We're going in because we win football games and we're going to prove this and do it. Like the old chip-on-the-shoulder attitude. And they came in and they whooped up on the Texans. And I think that it was more about that than it was about any kind of a, a letdown by the Texans. Now, there were a few instances, like on the one really long ETN run where – where Des King, who's been one of the hardest hitters on the defense, looked like he just threw a lazy shoulder into ETN. I went back and watched that a couple times yesterday. I think part of that was it was honestly, it was such a busted play in terms of leverage by multiple people. And and because Jalen Petrie kind of came flying in out of control, it, I, I think Des King kind of was trying to, was trying to avoid a three-way collision, which maybe maybe in and of itself, maybe he should have been more kamikaze about it. I I give him more of a break after watching that play, but there were like there were, it, it felt like the Texans team from earlier in the season where there were just so many missed tackles. Yeah, they, they, but they were as they were missing tackles, they were doing a good job of flying around to the ball. I thought there were a lot of times where there'd be like a few missed tackle, tackles, but eventually four guys got him. And like, so I thought that the effort and energy was there. I thought that the team they were playing just had way many more good football players who were properly motivated. I'm with you on that, and that's what, if you're a Texan fan who is really wanting to get the first pick in the draft, I would be concerned about this weekend. Like, I think they're, I do think they're actually going to show up and, and, and play hard. They're, you look, 
they've been near the bottom of the league all year long, but I don't think energy or effort's been an issue. I just don't think they're a very good football team. The Colts are a mess. Like the Col- I know the Texans yeah. are a mess. They're a me- the, te- the Texans are a mess because they don't have a lot of talent, by and large, and, they're, and I don't think they're very well coached. The Colts are a mess because they came into the season with playoff expectations. Their dreams, yeah. they realized, were shattered pretty early in the season, which is why they fired oh, Frank yeah. Reich. And they are really poorly coached. Like, they're I, I just, bad, bad. Sean, I, we talk about energy. And, like, the Texans, who kind of made a business of keeping things at least close on the box score. And early in the season, they were within one score or in the lead going into the fourth quarter in a lot of games. Yes. And then there were either collapses or they were pretty good at getting garbage time to make it a one-score game by the end. Okay. I just Googled Jeff Saturday fourth quarter stats. Um, I don't have their most recent game up as uh, like the, the box score up right now, but I just it's been bad. So December twenty first, two thousand twenty two. Okay. Colts have been outscored eighty three to nine in the fourth quarter since Saturday took over. You go one week later, uh, December twenty seventh. Jeff Saturday has been outscored ninety to nine in the fourth quarter. Ninety to nine, which includes. Uh, part of that is the worst collapse of a lead in NFL history uh, when the Colts relinquished their lead to the Minnesota Vikings. What was the uh, fourth quarter box score last week? Uh, actually, a big improvement. They were only outscored seven to nothing in the fourth quarter. That's so that's because they'd already been that's because they'd already been outscored thirty-one to ten going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> so since Saturday took over, they are ninety-seven. To nine, yeah, that's the score in the fourth quarter. They've been outscored ninety-seven mm. to nine. I'm going to go out on a My limb here. God, I'm going to go out on a limb with what? a take here. Can, ready okay. for this? I don't think yeah. he's good at making adjustments at halftime. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, my hot just take. Between the third and fourth quarter, right, I'm sorry. They need to get a sideline reporter to be like, "Hey, Jeff, what didn't you do? Yes. Uh, hey, we're about to enter the fourth quarter. What did you not do uh, in the in the last several minutes during the break?" Do, do they just – do you think the players – I mean, can you put yourself in the shoes of a Colts player with Jeff Saturday as the head coach? Do you think they just roll their eyes at the whole thing now? Like, I have no idea what he's like behind the scenes. I'm sure he's – he seems like a likable enough guy. But – Yeah. But, like – I don't know. I wonder if they roll their eyes. I, I, I wonder more about the assistant coaches because I can remember – a time when the Texans had a def- – or excuse me, I was with the Jaguars at the time. And the Jaguars, Tom Coughlin hired Gary Moeller as the defensive coordinator. Gary Moeller had really – he'd been a linebacker's coach for a little bit in the NFL, but he didn't really know the NFL. He was a dyed-in-the-wool college guy. Oh, yeah. And Coughlin hired him as a defensive coordinator, and – I And I think, just like I've told you before, I think 75% of NFL coaches are hired because they give the owner a good pep talk. Mm-hmm. I think Gary Moeller, who is a hell of a pep talk guy, gave Tom Coughlin uh, a really good pep talk about playing tough physical football because we just kind of gone through a stretch where we we hadn't we'd kinda, we'd, we'd buckled and collapsed at the end of the season uh, and gotten out physical by the Titans, actually. And um, so I think he gave him a really good pep talk, but he just – he flat out didn't know what he was talking about when it came to being in the NFL. He really didn't know. Like, he he couldn't identify personnel. Like, the way a lot of this Jeez. stuff, when it comes to like the matchup game and stuff and how important it is in the NFL compared to college football, um, like, all this stuff, he really he, – he didn't understand the rules necessarily. 
and to hear some of the assistant coaches as the season went on, yeah. like these guys, these guys would get so frustrated because Moeller would be up there at the, at the front of the meeting and he would be, he'd be saying stuff, just misidentifying players on the, on the field and and, and, and I, I remember sitting next to my position coach, and he just went, "Jesus fucking shit!" Gary, who's that Gary? And and I and I'm guessing it might be like that with Saturday a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But, like Saturday obviously understands the NFL, sure. You know, don't, but but there's a difference between being a player and being a coach. There's a difference between being a media guy and being a coach, and especially in the NFL more so than basketball. Basketball, I think it, it's the easiest in a lot of ways because it's the fewest number of people. Football, there's just so much administrative stuff. There's so many, there's so many things about actually getting a football play called that goes way beyond what you know as a player. Um, that I, I'm guessing that guys are a little bit frustrated. The the assistant coaches. Do you think he gets his job back as a broadcaster after this? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, he's good at it. I mean, there's no Sean. If there's one thing I've learned. In the past ten or twenty years, yeah, this whole notion of credibility is so is so BS and bogus. It is, like, it, it, and it, I don't think he loses any credibility as a former player talking about football. Football, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't I, think anybody's going to be him. Like, hey, Jeff, what's it like trying to motivate a team? You know, when you're when you're a head coach. But and, what are I, the I what are the things that he can really no longer criticize people for? As an analyst, like if he like if he starts criticizing coaches for botching game management or motivating teams before a game like that, that that uh, that starts to tread into a, unless he prefaces it by saying, look, I know how hard it is. I was on the sidelines. He took over. No, but he took over a can't lose situation, which okay. is to say that the Colts were awful already. And it's very easy to discount it and dismiss it. And, and like, and I think at least part of it is accurately so that like, all right, whoa, whoa, I'm sorry, uh, I couldn't save the Titanic as it was going down. I must be a horrible captain. If you insert somebody on the Titanic just after it hits the iceberg, and you say you're responsible for this ship and all souls yeah. aboard, you're gonna look like a. Are you gonna look like a bad captain? Or are mean, you gonna look like okay? Well, I, I get it. I guess. I mean, it's almost I like Jeff Saturday don a dress and a bonnet and hop into a lifeboat. No, no, so. but I feel like he I, he may have inherited the Titanic after it hit the iceberg. But I feel like he asked all the passengers passengers to come stand at the front of the ship so it goes down quicker. <laughs> you know, jump like, up and down. Yeah, right. Jump up and down. Right, right. Yeah. Like they're 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 undeniable. Way worse than the bad football team that he inherited. Like he's they he's did. made he's made them a joke. Every most of what I know about Titanic is from the Hollywood movie yes, Titanic. Yes, yes. The, the, the one motion thing I know picture. About, yes. Yeah. If I if there's one thing I know about Hollywood movies based on historical events, uh, there are liberties taken. So I don't know. Like I've never gone back and fact checked Cameron. What's his face? Uh, as far as like, were they? Were they releasing the lifeboats with only a few people on board to right. keep it away from the huddled masses and all that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, we found was the, was the body gal from Denver. Was she like the only hero there? Was she better than the captain? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know either. Um, we f- <laughs> we found the YouTube of John Laprie. <laughs> I got to see where the, this is from. Oh, the get rich. The get rich by tiny classified ads. Tiny classified yeah. ads. Now this the, is what this is what. This is what you would do before you could tell people on social media, hey, I'm going to show you how I got rich by showing people how to get rich on social media. Right. Um, you had guys like Don LaPree who curiously would be giving away 
all their advice about how they got so rich. But you had to buy um, it. <laughs> to the masses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so here's what here, – here, kids, before the internet is what we would sit through drunk and stoned at one in the morning. The second way to make money that I stumbled onto was placing tiny classified ads in the newspaper. If you create and test – one tiny classified ad in the newspaper that makes just thirty to forty dollars profit in a week, it could make you a fortune. Because what? the secret is learning how to take that one tiny classified ad that just made thirty to forty dollars profit in a week, and to realize that you could now take that same exact ad and place it in up to three thousand other newspapers around the country. That's yeah. what I did. I found tiny classified ads that made thirty to forty dollars profit in a week, and I placed those ads in around a thousand other newspapers around the country. That's how I generated over fifty thousand dollars a week out of my one-bedroom apartment. Mm. Wow, fifty thousand dollars a week. I one thing I remember thinking when I would—I I remember those ads now. Um, one thing I remember as a kid wondering was like well is he talking about gross or net there because uh that fifty thousand a week i'm guessing uh there's that <laughs> yes there's, there's no way in hell even if that's true by the way uh, you could you could get away with saying more i know i know it feels right now like we live in an age where anybody can say anything trust me you ain't seen nothing compared <laughs> Let's go even further back to when doctors were um, saying that uh, touting cigarettes for their health benefits or sugar. Yeah. <laughs> for your, you gotta feed your kids sugar. Got to. How are they gonna get through the day That's right. without sugar? That's right. They need energy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Tony Lapree, I remember wondering, like, wait, is that is that gross or net? And I'm guessing it was gross in whatever the number <laughs> oh, yeah. was. Yeah. 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 But I remember just yeah, like wait, I but you do like. It's so compelling. Those guys are so good at it because I remember having those thoughts, and I wouldn't be surprised if I actually d- d- bought something from him at some point. Well, he, I used to. They're, they're so compelling, dude. He he he's ex. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. Like he yeah. executed the playbook of a dude who's on late night infomercials. Like he started out with a credit repair business called yeah. Unknown Unknown Concepts. He then did the tiny classified ads. He so unknown concepts was the first one. Tiny classified ads was the secret they don't want you to know. That's right. Okay. Um, he sold nine hundred numbers. Okay. The, how to start? As up. has Seth Payne. <laughs> yes. Remember? Yes. Well, you- old Sethers, old Sethers and his pops. <laughs> yep. It wasn't a scheme though. We were legit. We were above board. No sex. That was one of our selling points. We don't do sex, okay? The, you don't do oh sex lines. The, the well, my dad was like a, my dad was selling the actual like he was making the pitch. Uh, like basically selling the the service yep. to where we would manage the one nine hundred numbers for people like Tony Lapree. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, he sold starting in two thousand in the two thousands. He sold the uh, greatest vitamin in the world on infomercials. Yes, that's what it was. It's called. the one they don't want you to know about. <laughs> oh God, I wonder what it was. His vitamin, was vitamin C. his vitamin was intended as a drug for diseases such as diabetes, stroke, Jeez. heart disease, insomnia, <laughs> cancer, and arthritis. It cured everything. 
Hey, Tom Brady, remember his concussion water? Right, yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady and, and old um, Wes Welker, former Texans coach. Big, yeah. yeah, big surprise. The FDA stated, quote, Don LaPree's <laughs> products were not generally recognized as safe and effective for the above-referenced conditions. In 2006, the FDA warned him against untruthful claims. In 2011, according to an AP article, LaPree was indicted by a federal grand jury in Phoenix on accusations of running a nationwide scheme to sell worthless internet businesses. Oh, his scheme was to sell worthless internet businesses. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh, the cancer pills. Wow. Yeah. No, no, not just cancer, Seth. Um, Diabetes, stroke, heart disease, insomnia, cancer. And arthritis. The thing is, the whole thing is, it's obvious. The government didn't want you to know about those things. That's why they, that's why they had to shut them down. The conspiracy to, uh, to keep you from knowing the things they don't want you to know, like the cancer diabetes right. pill. It's a shame that Don LaPree killed himself in prison in 2011. He, yeah, supposedly. Because... They, that's what they want you to think. Because if he were here in 2020, he would have been able to cure the pandemic with just a single pill and sell it to I all of us. I wonder what he... How long was he in jail before he killed himself? He, uh, let's, uh, like a few months, June 27th, 2011, he was arrested. October 2nd, 2011, he was, while in jail awaiting his trial, which was scheduled for October the 4th, he, um, yeah. he died. Yeah. Um, somebody says, I don't want it to sound too young and hip, but I don't even know how classified ads make money. Um, well, look, uh, like back in the day, that, there was no internet. There were classified ads, and there still are they, and they work. Like, I mean, the the population who reads the paper and reads the classifieds is getting older. But in some respects, this is what they don't want you to know, guys. Um, this is really what they don't want you to know. You can still make money with tiny classified ads. Um, I'd love to tell you how, but you're gonna have to DM me. Right. So, <laughs> join Dr. my Free. Patreon <laughs> for twenty dollars a month. <laughs> in which Seth will tell you if you place classified ads pointing people to your Patreon. On yeah. selling classified ads on Patreon. Yeah. So, like, think about it, guys. If there's something that you would sell or market on the Internet right now, if you're a young person wondering, like, how do you make any money on classified ads, anything that you would market on the Internet right now, you used to do with classified ads. That's right. Including your own body. If you were either in the mood for a genuine relationship or selling your body for sex, um, you would do that in the classifieds. It was kind of crazy. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> sex message 9755, trailer, wheel, and frame text page. Seth was the talent on the 1900 line. <laughs> I was. Remember, we were pitching it to a horoscope guy. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, I, my dad had me write copy. I think this is my my dad was so unique. He was so weird. He was like because he didn't want to just he didn't, we were just pitching something to this horoscope guy, and instead of like just you know we were gonna we made up an example of like what it could be like his daily message that he could leave or something. So instead of just grabbing somebody's horoscopes and reading them, yeah, it, he was like Seth, why don't you write some horoscopes? But go ahead and do some research. I don't want to just plagiarize something. So I spent like an entire day reading various horoscopes and trying to like. Kids, back in the day, we couldn't copy and paste and stuff. I had to like do this stuff with a typewriter. How old were and, you? Um, so I spent the day writing copy of a hor- of, of horoscopes. Then we took this, we took these horoscopes to this creepy old dude somewhere in Rochester, and sat in his creepy apartment that looked like the shutters hadn't been opened in like two decades. I was freaked out, dude. How old were you? I thought I was gonna be. I thought I was gonna be abducted by spirits. How how, and, how old were you at the time? I was like, I think 
I remember I was trying to <laughs> when I wasn't writing horoscope, I was studying my AP chemistry. Okay, so you're so, in high school. Like, you're it was a in the summer before like, okay. I was trying to get a head start. So I think it was, I might have been like uh, 14, I guess. Did you wear? And, did you wear a suit to the sales presentation? <laughs> no, no, no. But, you know, this guy, of course, is wearing a bolo tie, of course, in, uh, in Rochester, New York. So um, this creepy, weird guy with a goatee, and this is before goatees had caught on me. Right, right, Back right. in the day, if you were a goatee, you were either a magician or a creepy dude. Or both, let's be honest. So um, this creepy guy with a bolo tie and the goatee, is just thrashing my horoscopes and talking about how ridiculous and absurd they were. Where did you even find this guy? <laughs> and I'm like, those are from, I don't know, some various, various respectable astrologers where they're from. And um, so eventually, though, we were, we were selling these 1-900 numbers. My dad had several... Um, several crawfish in the pot at the time oh in terms of various interests. And so, but, but he ended up getting in a car accident as the, the business was just about going under anyway. I'm, I'm like this prepubescent. I was a late bloomer. So like, I was like 13 or 14, like, but with like a, a, a voice, like I was in the Vienna boys choir and I'm manning the office by myself as after all my dad's salespeople have left, my dad got in a car crash. Um, it, <laughs> That's a whole other story about how he got out of getting arrested for this car crash. Uh, sorry, Sean. I know we're over. But Way listen. over. <laughs> this guy from New York who had sunk in thousands of dollars into one nine hundred line was calling on the hour, wondering where his one nine hundred number was, and I'm there by the self, pit, by picking up the landline and being like, "I don't know. Um, everything's under control." <laughs> That's horrible. And he'd say, "What are you guys? Are you guys even real?" And all I yes. knew to say was like, "We're a corporation." <laughs> Somehow I knew that because we were incorporated, it made us somehow a little bit more official. <laughs> yes. It was like Thomas Paine L- uh, Incorporated we're or something. A corpor- we're a corporation, we're a- sir. <laughs> My dad might be dying. I don't know. All right. We're way over. But that was All worth right. it. It was worth it. We're a corporation. I classified ads. <laughs> All right. Bill O'Brien. He coached Bryce Young the last two years. What does Bill O'Brien think? about Bryce Young. Does this line up with what we think Nick Casario might think of him? That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.